On today's Winning Cures Everything, the Hurricanes are in the market for an OC. Could the Pac-12 scandal impact conference realignment? Alabama coordinator candidates, LSU, Michigan, the Ed Reed saga, Tennessee, and more. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And yes, this is Winning Cures Everything, where we talk college football news and rumors all year round. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button. And uh, and wherever you're watching or listening, hit that subscribe button so you never miss the latest tales from the college football universe. Now, if you are watching along, go ahead and toss it your city or town in the comments or the chat. I, I just ask you to do that because I'm curious. I want to know where you guys are consuming the show, which, by the way, thank you for doing that and for sharing it out and telling your friends about it, etc. We've hit a lot of milestones here. Our next goal is 10,000 subscribers, which I'm hoping to hit by the end of the year. So uh, we are going to shift formats just a little bit so we can get more information into the shows and to help speed along the process. Uh, Be on the lookout for some more changes as we continue into National Signing Day next week, etc. But let's, let's go ahead and continue on. Uh, with the show. Let's go on and write down our our times here. And we're going to start here. Miami and Mario Cristobal have fired offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Now, Gaddis was hired just one year ago from Michigan after winning the Broyles Award as the nation's top assistant coach. Miami's offensive results were, uh, to put it nicely, not up to par this year. Tyler Van Dyke, uh, the stud quarterback, did not perform anywhere close to what he did in his freshman season in 2021 before missing three games with a shoulder injury. The Miami offense averaged 367 yards per game. That was good for number 86 in FBS. And the Hurricanes only averaged 3.7 yards per rush this season, which is not good, especially for a crystal ball offense. Gaddis was not the only change on the offensive side of the ball this offseason. Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, he left Miami to return to his former job as the uh, App State offensive coordinator. So where does Mario Cristobal go next? Uh, My first guess would be Marcus Arroyo, who was just fired after three years as the head coach at UNLV. Uh, Arroyo was Willie Taggart's OC at Oregon. He remained in the position under Cristobal in 2018 and 2019. He helped develop, uh, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, the quarterback Justin Herbert, although Uh, Let's not kid ourselves, they didn't fully utilize him the way that most offenses would have. Uh, Another potential name to watch here might be James Coley. Uh, The Athletic actually put this out there. He's a a Miami native, former Hurricanes OC from 2013 through 2015. Uh, He is the current co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach at Texas A&M. Coley 
was Cristobal's offensive coordinator in 2007 at FIU. Now, my thoughts on this are that Gaddis flaming out is not super surprising, right? Like, Gaddis has had issues butting heads with coaches and administrators in the recent past, including with Mike Loxley at Alabama, uh, and he burned multiple bridges at Michigan on his way to Miami. Like, he's only been an offense coordinator for four years at this point, uh, but truth be told, he was an excellent recruiter as a wide receivers coach at Penn State and Alabama prior to his stint at Michigan, which did not see an offensive drop-off after he left, so... We'll see what ends up happening with Gaddis after this. Now, Winning Cures Everything is brought to you by BetUS. Uh, with fast payouts, fantastic customer service, a myriad of options to bet on, and an easy-to-use layout, it's easy to see why it's been America's favorite online sportsbook for nearly 30 years. And right now, you can wager with a $50 free play with no deposit required just by signing up using the link in the description. So take advantage of the deal. Get signed up at BetUS, where the game begins moving along could the latest pac-12 scandal impact conference realignment now the pac-12 has a larry scott hangover as conference insider john canzano stated in his latest story at johncanzano.com a scandal has erupted on the west coast as two pac-12 executives that's pac-12 network president mark shuckin and CFO Brent Williams were dismissed by Commissioner George Klaufkoff with approval from the Pac-12 Board of Directors for failing to report overpayments from a media distribution partner now revealed to be Comcast. The undisclosed overpayments total over $50 million, dating back to before 2016. Uh, the conference issued a press release detailing a timeline of the events. Let's go on and go through some of those. In spring 2017, the Pac-12 brought in an auditor, and in that audit concluded a distribution partner had overpaid the Pac-12 networks for 2016 by a material amount. The two terminated employees knew about the audit results in December 2017, and they never informed the Pac-12 board of directors or the external auditors of the financial risk associated with the audit findings. In October 2022, Comcast then claimed it had been overpaying the Pac-12 each year since prior to 2016, and claimed that the overpayments totaled more than $50 million. The next step was the Pac-12 hired independent legal counsel to review the situation and to conduct an independent investigation, which then found all the things that we now know, which led to the termination of the two senior executives. Now, we're talking major money here, and I, I believe that this constitutes being called a scandal or a disaster or whatever other adjective you can come up with. Uh, this is a disaster, especially as the conference is trying to negotiate their upcoming media rights deal. Nobody has really explained where the money went, how they're going to pay back Comcast, how they'll be able to sell the Pac-12 networks to a streaming company now that they owe money to the distribution partner, etc. Like, I've got to imagine George Klyovkov, the current commissioner, is losing his mind over the situation because any goodwill that he had built with media partners has to be second-guessed at this point, even with the Pac-12 doing the correct thing and firing the two individuals that had knowledge of it. Now think about this, they knew about this for over five years, and they never informed the new commissioner or the board. Now if I'm a current Pac-12 member, if I was already feeling out other options like, I don't know, maybe the Big 12, I'm definitely making some calls at this point to figure out exactly what my other options might be. Now this is an egregious mistake, and that's putting it mildly. Imagine that you find out that your partner of decades, in this case the administration, has been cheating on you for over five years. And you only find out because the mistress actually tells you, in this case, Comcast. 
But the partner tells you it's going to be okay. They've gotten rid of the bad part of himself, uh, in this case, the specific executives, and he can change. Now, how likely are you to ever be fully trusting again? Now, I'm not sure how the conference recovers from this. It's certainly something to keep an eye on uh, because I'm not sure who is going to want to get into a deal with them while this is hanging over their heads. Now, in that, I was discussing the schools that currently make up the Pac-12 there, but let's go ahead and extend this out to expansion possibilities. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has specifically stated that his conference wants to be on the West Coast in that fourth time zone. Now, even if the 10 Pac-12 schools decide to stay in, could something like this make schools like Fresno State or San Diego State, who Dennis Dodd just had a great in-depth article about their realignment desires over at CBSSports.com, would it make them more likely to jump to the Big 12? I mean, there are only so many options for schools that fit the geographic footprint and academically with the Pac-12. Now, if you're attempting to defend the Pac-12, I get it. The two rogue execs are gone. The money is less than $5 million per school when you really weigh it out. Uh, but when your media rights deal is already paying less than nearly every other Power 5 conference, that's money that schools and the conference cannot afford to be paying right now. And this is an absolute mess for Klyovkov and, and company. Former Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien has accepted the OC position with the New England Patriots which means that Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide are now in the market for both coordinator positions. Uh, let, me, let me go and write this time down. Now, since this is a college football show, we're not going to talk about what this means for the Patriots. Instead, we're going to discuss the Tide. Right now, after reportedly being seen on campus this week, most rumors point to former Tennessee head coach and former Alabama defense coordinator Jeremy Pruitt being given the reins back to Nick Saban's defense again, which... We'll see how that NCAA stuff pans out sooner than later, I would imagine. But let's discuss the offensive coordinator position. Now, here's a list of some names that have been brought up by multiple outlets. We'll go through them one by one. Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was a former Dan Mullen offensive coordinator uh, and quarterbacks coach at Florida. It, it seems like he's getting a lot more pull in the NFL. I don't know that that one would actually happen. Uh, Jason Garrett, former Cowboys head coach that was Saban's quarterbacks coach with the Dolphins. Now, Jason Garrett has been in the Duke and Stanford head coaching job uh, interest, right? So he, he's definitely interested in coaching in college football. And Saban has definitely spoken highly of him in the past. That's one maybe to keep an eye on uh, because we all know what getting an OC position or a DC position with Alabama typically means. It, it means that you are going to move on ahead to a head coaching spot. Uh, Jason Garrett working inside a Saban system for a couple of years, that is likely to uh, to be the next step for him. Freddie Kitchens, uh, the former Alabama quarterback, currently a senior analyst at South Carolina. He was the former Cleveland Browns head coach. He's also had stops with the Cardinals, the Cowboys, uh, Mississippi State, North Texas. Uh, here's the big one. He was a GA on Saban staff at LSU. Now, Freddie Kitchens, of course, again, former Alabama quarterback. That one could make some sense. Uh, we'll we'll see exactly what ends up playing out there. Uh, it was not super successful as a head coach at Cleveland, um, other than when he was an interim, and and that worked out pretty well. Obviously, he got the job for a full season, but it it tanked at that point. So we'll see. Uh, Dan Mullen, former Florida and Mississippi State head coach. I don't think this is likely. It, Mullen seems to really be enjoying broadcast life. Uh, I don't think he's super interested in coming back to be an OC anywhere. Uh, one more year of broadcasting, he will be at the top of some of these head coaching boards. 
I think that's likely what his next step will be if he's even interested in coaching again. Uh, another name, Jeff Lebby, Oklahoma offensive coordinator, former Lane Kiffin offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, and he was the uh, Josh Heupel's OC at UCF. Hey, Lebby is good. He's at his alma mater right now at Oklahoma. Hey, obviously, his offenses work. He he understands the importance of running the football, which I think is something that Saban is certainly going to look for in this next hire. Uh, but how likely is he to leave a situation at his alma mater where he's already making really good money? Like We'll see about that one. Cliff Kingsbury, former Arizona Cardinals and Texas Tech head coach. I don't think that he has to go back to the college ranks. I think he's going to stay in the NFL, but we will see. Uh, another name, Casey Woods, SMU offense coordinator, former Gus Malzahn, director of player personnel at Auburn. He was a former tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator at UAB and at Missouri. So he understands the landscape of, you know, the state of Alabama. It, however, like it, one year as an offensive coordinator under SMU, they did do good things, but how much of that was him as opposed to Rhett Lashley? Eh, we'll, we'll see about that. Another name, Joe Brady, former LSU and Carolina Panthers OC. He is currently the quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills. I think that he wants to stay in the NFL. He's already gotten several interviews most recently with the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I would imagine he stays in uh, the NFL. I mean, we saw it. He, he came to college for one year and then bolted right back. And so there you go. Greg Roman, another former uh, NFL offense coordinator, Ravens and 49ers. OC. He hasn't coached in college since 2010, and he only spent two years at Stanford with Harbaugh. I don't see that one as being very likely either. And Byron Leftwich has been named as well, or has been listed as one of these potential candidates. Uh, former Tampa Bay Bucks OC, has never coached in college football, uh, did his best work under Bruce Arians. As soon as Arians left, the offense tanked. Now, part of that wasn't necessarily his fault. Tom Brady is uh, aging, and of course, the roster talent was injured uh, a lot of the year at Tampa Bay this year. They did still win their division, so we'll see. I can't even begin to make an educated guess on who is actually going to get this Alabama OC job. Like, how many NFL guys really want to come back to the college game? Uh, because it's a completely different world now. And on top of that, which of these would be a good option if and when Saban decides to hang it up? Because that's something else that I would imagine Saban is starting to look at along with the school. You know somebody like Freddie Kitchens would love to get this job, but there are definitely some bigger names on the list. I, I would expect news within the next week on this one, uh, but not until then. All right, on the other side, we're going to discuss LSU overpaying Brian Kelly, uh, the Matt Weiss firing at Michigan, and more. Uh, but first, this. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit betustv.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. 
Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And now... Back to the show. LSU discovered via an internal audit that they overpaid Brian Kelly by just over a million dollars from May through November because of duplicate payments to both Kelly's LLC and the coach directly. The legislative auditor's report stated LSU management and the head football coach have enacted an an adjusted payment schedule, uh, so the amount of overpayment will be recouped by the conclusion of fiscal year 2023. Now, Look, Louisiana has had financial issues for quite some time, so the, so the fact that they messed up payments to their football coach is not super surprising, at least to me. But honestly, uh, when is this going to happen for me? <laughs> right? These overpayments uh, almost always seem to happen to the guys that are already set. Like, How is it possible that Brian Kelly or his financial advisor didn't notice an extra million dollars? Like, I can promise you, these are the people that don't need to budget, Right? You're talking, you know, $175,000 extra per month for like seven months or six months, whatever it was. I mean, this is absurd. Like, what a world that must be to not have to try and budget things, right? Ugh. Ay, ay, ay. Let's see. All right, Michigan fired their co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, Matt Weiss, last week. We last spoke about him after he was arrested for computer access crimes that occurred in Schimbeckler Hall in late December, uh, but the school officially announced that Weiss has been relieved of his duties. Now I would imagine at this point that Moore is going to remain as OC, but Jim Harbaugh is going to have to hire a new quarterbacks coach. I do find it odd, though, uh, that Weiss released a statement after being fired. Now, here's what the statement said. I am proud of the success we achieved over the last two seasons and grateful to all the Michigan players, coaches, and staff. The potential of Team 144 knows no bounds. I have nothing but respect for the University of Michigan and the people who make it such a great place. Now, does that sound like a guy that got fired? Like, I, I want to know the details on this thing. What happened here? Uh, there's been nothing reported on this in a week now, which certainly seems odd considering how much media coverage Michigan typically gets. I just want to know what in the world happened. 
what did he do? Like computer access crimes, uh, fraudulent email activity, something along those lines. It, this is weird. This is weird. All right, if you haven't already, uh, go ahead and hit that like button, hit subscribe. Those things help the show uh, get in front of more people because it, this is how it works. It tells YouTube that you like what you're seeing, so it's going to push it out to even more people. Now, if you don't like what I'm doing, just reach out, toss it in the comments, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at GaryWC. Uh, CE, excuse me. I'm not against receiving constructive criticism so long as it's not rude. Oh, and, and of course the podcast as well. Uh, leave a five-star written review. That helps us get in front of more people on the podcast side as well. So help me out. I would certainly appreciate it. Bethune-Cookman made the decision to not ratify their contract with former Miami Hurricane and Baltimore Ravens legend Ed Reed, who was acting head coach at the school in Daytona Beach, for 25 days. Now, Reed alleged in a profanity-laced Instagram Live video that he arrived to an unclean office and there was trash all over the campus. Now, Bethune-Cookman is a private HBCU that has a lot of pride, and I would imagine that being publicly shamed by their new head coach is not what they envisioned would happen within the first month on the job, especially before everything was finalized with his contract. Now, this has now started uh, some you know, media firestorm and an on-campus firestorm as more than a dozen students launched a sit-in at the campus chapel this week, and that turned into a march of over 40 students, and this is on a campus of only 2,700, uh, to Daytona Beach City Hall to ask leaders for a meeting about the school. Uh, this is from an NBC News story by Bracey Harris. It says, Janiah Jones, 21, vice president of the School Student Government Association, called Reed's dismissal the tipping point for issues over living conditions that were already simmering. Jones said she uh, has dealt with mold on the ceiling of her room and had her sleep interrupted by coughing fits. Uh, he put it out there, what we put up with, she said of Reed. We're just fighting for better. We know Bethune-Kickman is capable of giving us that, and we don't know why we're not getting it. Now, in recent years, the school has weathered accreditation issues, a credit rating dip, and facilities battered by back-to-back -back hurricanes. Uh, students accuse the university of failing to repair air conditioning units and malfunctioning elevators. Some students have shared photos on social media with local outlets of mold on the walls and, and fungi-covered clothing and sheets in their dorms. So things are not looking great at Bethune-Cookman right now, but Ed Reed is still publicly battling to get the job back. In an interview this week, he stated, I really do want the job back. I didn't come here to bash anything. It's a little surprising the way that this is going down. Tennessee. Let's talk about what's happening on old Rocky Top. Tennessee has given contract extensions and raises to both athletic director Danny White and head football coach Josh Heupel. Now, White received an annual pay increase of 5% from $1.8 million to $2.2 million annually, and the extension is for a six-year rolling term. Now, this makes sense. Volunteer athletics have won multiple SEC championships this year. The football program finished number six in the country with an Orange Bowl win, and Tennessee had its best finish in the Learfield Director's Cup in 15 years, uh, which the Director's Cup is an award given annually to the school that has the most success in collegiate athletics. Josh Heupel had his contract extended out to 2029 with his annual pay bumped up to $9 million annually, which places him now only behind Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Brian Kelly in the SEC. Uh, that, that bump, by the way, is from $4 million to $5 million last year, and then from $5 million now to $9 million going forward. Uh, the most important thing in these contracts, though, is 
the buyout. And per the information released by the university, his buyout would be 100% of what he is owed if he were terminated without cause before December 15th, 2025. The buyout would drop to 75% if he were fired between December 15th, 2025 and December 14th, 2027. Now, the buyout would decrease to 50% on December 15th, 2027. If Heupel leaves before December 15th of this year, he will owe the school $8 million. But that buyout drops to $6 million for 2024 and then decreases by $1 million uh, each year after that. Heupel is 18-8 in two seasons at Tennessee. He finished with their highest ranking since 2001. That's right, Phil Fulmer, Casey Clausen, you remember those guys. Now, while all that's great, the most important thing uh, was being the first coach in 15 years to beat Alabama. Of course, third Saturday in October, everybody remembers exactly uh, what is going on with that. Now, here's what I'm curious about. I get that it is the status quo to give a raise and an extension to a coach after a big season, but this is year two of what was widely viewed as a bridge coach while the school was navigating NCAA waters. Schools don't have to pay this crazy money to these coaches. I mean, let's just be real. There's not an open market for Josh Heupel at this time. So playing out the 2023 season to see what this coach looks like without Jeremy Pruitt's offensive and defensive lines could maybe help the AD make a more educated decision heading into 2024. But alas, you know, what is done is done. And and I suppose that this keeps the relationship strong between the head football coach and the administration. Uh, Until somebody actually stands up and stops offering these types of contracts, They're just going to continue happening. I don't know that we'll see any kind of change with this stuff until players are labeled as employees, but that is still a long ways from happening. Uh, So cheers to Heupel's agent. Cheers to Josh Heupel for getting this done. Cheers to Tennessee. It looks like they've got a good one. But again, this is early. We'll see what this looks like. All right, next Wednesday, February 1st, is National Signing Day. And... You know who's already made a splash. Uh, but to be honest, National Signing Day, it, it it hasn't felt like the real signing day for several years now. And this year won't be much different. 96 of the top 100 consensus recruits have already signed their letters of intent, if that reported information is accurate. But again, for the second straight year, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime himself, has made a splash by securing a commitment from former uh, Miami commitment and the number one cornerback in the class, Cormani McClain. Now, could we see some more moves made in Boulder uh, next week? The quarterback, Jaden Rashada, you know, former Florida commit, former Miami commit, along with a slew of other good recruits, are still on the board. So that is something to keep an eye on as we head into next week. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Winning Cures Everything. Next week, I believe we're going to hit on some conference season reviews. We're going to start with the MAC and Conference USA, along with whatever other news the world of college football brings to us. Now, if there's something that you think that I need to hit on, feel free and hit me up. I'm at GaryWCE on Twitter. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE, and the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.